0: Welcome back to Rugby Talks, everyone. I'm Keegs and I'm, it's, it's the return of the King,
1: Jacob. (laughs) We're here. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm I'm very glad to be back. Yeah. Uh, It was fun doing the episode first time. Uh, Obviously the the boys who have been before me absolutely killed it. You know, I was absolutely gushing over how well, uh, Matthew did and the insight that he brought to the game. So, especially when he was talking about Matt Woyland, um,
0: Yeah. I quite liked that. That was a really good chat. And then I had Joel on. Um, last week and he was the funniest bloke ever.
1: So, it was good. I it think. was good. it was good. But that said, I, I'm right here. Fun fact, I, I edited out
0: 20 minutes of footage of Joel, just pizzling people.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> that's a lot of damn.
0: Yeah. I couldn't believe it when I was listening to it. It was, oh wow. But. Moving on from that, we have
1: round eleven. And it was a good What a round around it was. For both What a round it was. For both our teams. We both we both got some dubs. Yep. Uh um, that was I was I wasn't expecting it. I we all talked about just wanting the team to put up a fight, yet they they did more than that. They um they flogged them all up storm and that's yeah. The context, the last time that the Cowboys beat the Melbourne Storm, I'm pretty sure was the twenty fifteen preliminary finals. Really? So that is that is uh yeah, that's on the Cowboys Discord, um Rebs brought up the stats and I'm pretty sure that is a so that's a seven year streak of not defeating the Storm, I'm pretty sure. And wasn't this game like our second highest against Storm? The first being I, I do think so. I do think it was. Yep. Oh, yep. And that is, that is quite phenomenal. I think it's a massive because obviously we, we kind of did get the storm at a good time, but even the storm at this form last year, they probably would have fogged us. Um, so the fact that we're able to piece together the performance that we did and that we saw players stepping up and that we're a cohesive unit, you know, there's a lot of talking points about that, uh, the way their attack is structured, but it's, it was very good to watch. I loved, you know, once again, just all the boys getting in huddles when they force an error. Yeah, absolutely fantastic
0: it was good but we'll get into that game in more detail soon because first we have to we have to
1: talk about the milf broncos the milf that was that was beautiful the milf fitting it's real <laughs> the, the milf fitting is a real event no that was there's a lot to say there's a lot to point out about that i think i went into quite a lot of depth about milf on reddit but I'll, I'll rehash a lot of what I said today, because there's, there really is a lot that you can take away from it, uh, not just in terms of Milford's individual performance, but how he fits into that Newcastle spine. So I think one, as we know, at least towards the back end of it, especially one of the biggest issues with Milford at Brisbane, there were two things. There were, there was the alleged, you know, lack of dedication he had to training and fitness. Yeah, uh, which we can't really confirm that. Uh, it's we're just gonna have to take Benji Marshall's word for it, I guess. And uh, I don't know, Benji wouldn't Benji. Lie to me. I believe so. I think the quote was that he's the kind of guy that does eight pull-ups if the coach isn't looking when he says to do ten. Yeah, right. And I think that also came from Paul Kent. And I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Kent saying Benji said something was a little different to what Benji said. <laughs> But at the same time, um, that was one of the issues. Another one of the uh, issues with Milford was the amount of pressure that was on him as the primary playmaker at Brisbane. Because as we know, if we look at the people that he's been paired with lately, Brisbane, they haven't paired him with a controlling seven. No. They And the only time they even came close to it was when they had Tyson Gamble. And he actually looked decent next to Tyson Gamble. Because um, he was shuffled through. Who was there? There was Cody Nicarima. There was Tom Dearden who I think was, well, I don't Very want to say it was from the first grade. Yeah, I don't want to say, sorry, the first grade too early because Tom probably would have been happy to put his hand up and do it. But knowing um, the amount of pressure that comes with playing for the Broncos, having, I mean, you know, that's, that pulls a lot more onto Milford. And so we all know Milford, he's not, he's not an organizing heart. No. He's not the, he's not the vocal communicating six that say Jamie Soward or, Jonathan Thurston or Michael Morgan were. He's very different. He's definitely a, you know, get him into space. Have your seven organised, dig into the line, and get Milford in space. And I think we saw that's what his job was at the Knights this week, and it worked out fantastic for him. Yeah, he he led the Knights team in tackle busts, which was fantastic. We saw him kick quite well as well. We he nearly had that try assist with Dean Um It was a try that, to. <laughs> I, I I don't know man there's there's a different there's a different interpretation every week very grey yeah, <laughs> it really gray area. is but just in that opening 40 minutes and it's the statistics for the game he kicked four grubbers in that game and forced the dropout out from two kicks which I think that's a testament to that he when he's on he does have one of the best short kicking games in the NRL And that's something that a lot of people, I think, forgot about Anthony Milford. If you put him behind a good forward pack, he will be a reflection of that. He'll get you your set restarts. He can help you build attacking pressure. And he doesn't have to be your Clint Gutherson type mega Hulk fitness dude to to force those (laughs) dropouts. So I think he quite impressed in that regard. Another thing I want to talk about is running game. He ran for 101 meters. For 15 Um, runs. that's great. Of 15 runs, which it is. but well, more particularly because if you look at his 2020 season at the Broncos, which was one of his lower runnings, it was 72 metres a game. So even with everyone saying that Milford disappeared in the second half against Brisbane, if he does those disappearing second halves, he's still having a, a better season than he's had in a few years. Yeah, uh, His attacking positioning, I thought, was great as well. There were a few times where he was in a weird place, and I think the reason for it was because Ponga, I think, if you watch Ponga, he's a very unique player attacking on the short side. And we've spoken about this, yeah. um, off the micro microphone, he loves throwing a very flat spiral pass, I... I think Milford was a little bit behind. So Ponga wasn't as willing to throw that ball when Ponga was second and Milford was doing his jockey runs. But yep. other than that, I think he was, he was always there in second receiver. Not not always there in, like, a Gutherson or Tedesco sense, but there are a few times where we swept over to the right and created the numbers. Actually, that annoyed me because Crossland was in dummy half a few times and he'd throw the ball to a line runner when the defense was already there, whereas Milford was sweeping out the back and creating an overlap.
0: Crossland, so to me, is not a dummy half. He's a He is a half-back.
1: Yeah, I think, I think Crossland's is kind of a... Victim of just being in a tough Newcastle side where yeah. things are not going well for them because obviously he's a, I, I think he's fairly young. I'll I'll double check it now, but from my from my knowledge he's he's not some hardened veteran. Yeah, he's only twenty one. Yeah, and he's half that he's getting thrown a dummy half. It's I don't I don't blame him for not getting it right one hundred percent of the time, and especially because but- it it wasn't like he was being overly conservative. You know, he thought he saw the opportunity with a try.
0: And just on that with like how he, Crossland isn't a struggling Newcastle side. The entire team struggled in the back, in the second half of that game. So really, what did you expect from Milford? You just said it before he yeah, is well, he's, not a controlling seven. He is a yeah. footy player who will play know. off what he sees in front of him, And what he saw was a defensive line of the Broncos sweeping on everyone.
1: Yeah, exactly, and so obviously I think his first half, Milford actually had quite a good tackling performance. I think it was around 12 made and zero missed, which is yep, you know, for, for any for any half that is very impressive. Um, in the second half, that kind of just fell apart. He made a couple tackles, he missed more, but I think that was a reflection of the full night side, because he had lots of people missing tackles. He, he didn't even have the most missed tackles on the Knights team. No. Um, he wasn't even the Knights half with the most missed tackles, it was that included. Uh, but you know that I'm never going to doubt Adam McFoon's effort because you know those early rounds before he had was like properly busted like he is now. He was towards the top of the Telstra Tracker. He was he was doing everything he could. Yeah. Um he's got a good motor so that's you know. I think that's another thing. You can't really use missed tackles as too much of a stat because you take a guy like um Jeremiah Nanai but he is he is the opposite of a lazy defender. He gets himself in everything. Nano is an absolute workhorse. And even when he's missing tackles, he's still hitting guys. And he's, when he's doing that, that edge of momentum still helps us up the guy makes tackles. So overall, I, th- I think Milford's done. He was very impressive. And I think I'm looking forward to this week where the Knights match up with the Warriors because we'll have the matchup of two exciting playmakers in Dejan RC and Vampire Milford. Uh, but we also see the return of Jay Clifford, and which, I think, yeah, that's going to be a mess. Im- because I'd love to see Jay Clifford when he was with the Cowboys, especially against the Warriors. You can see Clifford as a first receiver is fantastic. He's great at engaging that two or three in defender and creating that overlap. So I think that Milford's gonna benefit off that if he doesn't go too off to the edge, unless Milford wants to run an inside cut. But either way, I'm very excited. I think it's gonna be a great matchup. It's gonna be, I wanna see. Both of them just give it a cold hard crack and become the knights nice spine or the knights nice half because they're they're foils. The game complements each other very well. Hundred percent.
0: I can't wait to see that the first two playing uh, Cliffo, Cliffo's long kicking and then the short kicking of MILF. So that would be
1: yeah, exactly. It's um, it's, it's just great foils. They both have different skill sets, but they work together in a quite a good way for synergy. So I absolutely cannot wait to see it. Yeah.
0: Um, We touched on it just before. The Knights had a shocking second half. Um, I said to you yesterday, they remind me of a sprinter. They will try and sprint for the first 40 minutes and try and get a good lead. Um, But when you are trying to do that, you have to have a solid defense, and that is what they do not have. They ran out of motor in the second half.
1: Yeah, that was... um... A, A poor second half body stretch. But I think, I don't know, I think whether that's something to do with their strength and conditioning, because I don't, I don't think that they just gave up per se. I think they just, the energy, the fitness just wasn't really there to keep up with them. Spend- and I guess that makes sense because you have some guys who were just coming back from injury, easing back into it or suspension. Yeah. But at the same time that the Broncos, they just worked them up down the middle.
0: When you have guys like Kagan and Haas in the middle, and then you have someone like Sullivan Cobo who's doing kick Yeah,
1: he is he is uh is a beast. I there's obviously there's Cobo being a young player is gonna have a lot of fight, but he's he's got a good kick return on him and that's a very big thing for a team, you know. The the more the one thing that the Broncos have with their back line is the ability to take hit-ups. Uh, we see Farnworth loving to take lots of runs out of his own end. Obviously, Oates—that's one of the best things about his game, just his reliability under the high ball right. and being able to hit hard, get those runs out of his own end. And that's that nice. takes a bit of pressure off the Broncos' forward. Stags as well. He's a powerful runner. He's got lots of powerful runners uh, between the team, and it also means that Tamari Martin doesn't have to, you know, try and do anything ridiculous he's just free to play his own game knowing that the sets don't depend entirely on you know whether he's absolutely smashing himself up the middle on kick returns or not i guess knowing knowing the kind of guy tamari is the fact that he even wants to play rugby league again i don't think he's a guy that does anything less than 110 percent i would that. yeah like seriously what kind of guy comes back from that injury is obviously he obviously loves his footy um, but unlock not anything anyone in the Broncos team really does. I think Corey Paves is looking pretty good off the bench as well. Yeah. I think he was, he was a starting hooker in Q cup last year. So I do wonder if we start to see him start at nine with Billy Walters coming off the bench, but at the same time, I don't think, I don't think Kevin would do that. Oh yeah. I don't know. I just like Pei's service from Dummy Half more than Walters at the moment. Oh, it's, it's yeah, no, same, I think. I think mean, Walters does his job and want like I guess I like, Walters isn't the flashiest player, but he, he puts in the effort and I guess I could say the same thing about Jake Turpin, but people are quite disappointed in Turpin's service from Dummy half, Which I guess makes sense. He, he does throw it forward a fair bit more often than you want to. But I think that's the one good thing. Broncos they've got no shortage of workhorse nine. Yeah, they've got there's not many outright lazy guys there. They're obviously building a culture that they like. Everyone's buying into what Kevin and Reynolds are bringing to the club, which is, especially when you have your forwards flying up the way they do, it's one of the main things you want. Also want to thank note that Corey Jensen has actually been doing absolutely fantastic for the Bulldogs. I oh, not the Bulldogs out for the Broncos. His, the amount of hit ups he's taking per game, you know, he was putting up pain Haas numbers himself a few weeks ago when Haas was out.
0: And that's and exactly what you want from someone like that.
1: Yeah, he just, he just steps up and he does his job it's just fantastic. I love Farley.
0: Uh, I was able to meet him in December. Fantastic guy. Same as Kagan Cal- and in Haas. All fantastic. Oh,
1: it's fantastic! That's yeah, that's fantastic. It's good to have guys being good off the field as well. So it's a great advertisement for the game. Um, now Kalen Ponga, he he had another pretty decent game as well. He did. Uh, he once again, he's you know, lots of people like to. They kind of have their cracks at Ponga because everyone thinks about the contract value. But, you know, you if you put all that noise to the side, I think you'll see that he does have a cold, hard crack at the games. He does. Yeah, he, he's their best player at the moment. He is trying his absolute best, in my opinion.
0: Um, He's tried that He scored with um the inside ball from Matt Croker. That was fantastic, I thought. Oh,
1: yeah, he's... he's he pushes up the middle a lot. You can't... You can't really fool that, and. Because you know, look you look at the good teams when they're on, it's it's always about that pushing off the middle or whether it's your storm or whether it's Parramatta when they're playing well. Um, also Tedesco is probably the best in the league at it. Um is pretty good, but Tedesco is absolutely brilliant. He is I always joke that um having Tedesco on your team is like having a fourteenth player because of just how present he always is when something's happening. He is that probably the fittest guy in the league.
0: What do you mean? Broncos uh, do have a 14th player. It's called Alfie
1: Langer. <laughs> that's so true. He's he's always there. Um, uh, that's yeah. I meant to hate the Broncos, but the fact is that as a kid living in Winter Manly who watches the seagull, you see lots of guys that cheer on for the seagulls go on to make their debut for the Broncos, and I can't really hate them. <laughs> um, you know, I absolutely I love seeing Clabo go out there in Newell. He's a seagull. For my man was an honorary seagull. He played a few games this year. Uh, TC Rabadi, when he's giving it a shot, Ian and Palacea, I'm pretty sure was as well. There's lots of Seagulls out there for the Broncos that are helping build up that team. It's fantastic to watch. Yeah. It's great to see. Yeah. They
0: got like, it, they're a young team and the culture that a, they are setting. I think that will last for decades to come. Um, especially if you have like blokes like Cowgan on your side. He oh, yeah, it's... lays the foundation
1: for me. He no, puts in the no work. He him. puts in the work. I love Carriedon too, and hopefully, hopefully, we see him in Origin this year. I hope. So. I, he I it. do think that he's earned a spot. So after that, we've got Tigers and Bulldogs, don't we? Oh, there's one thing I want to ask you before we move on. Oh, yep, sure.
0: Stags and Crichton. Has Stags done enough
1: to make an Origin spot? I don't know. I mean, I. I hope Freddie puts Luke Brooks in the centres because I'm a Queenslander, so... (laughs) If we see a centres pairing of Luke Brooks and um, James Roberts, then I guess I'm happy with that.
0: Oh, always. I won't
1: won't have a dig at James Roberts. He's he's got his own battles. The fact he's even showing up to play footy, I guess, is a testament to the effort he puts in. Um, But, yeah, out-of-position players in centres. I no, I, I think because I, I don't like it either. Well, now that we have, um, because uh, Luttrell is going to be out. And, and Tommy. And Tommy. So reasonably, you could fit both of them in, couldn't you?
0: I think so. But there's also Campbell Graham, who was in the Origin squad last year, who was just like mm. in the camp. He didn't play.
1: I think, yeah, I think you might as well. You'd have to put Crichton in. If it came down to those three, because you've you know you've got all those Penrith boys. If you are going to go for team chemistry, which is obviously such a key thing for them, definitely have Crichton and keep him on his preferred edge. Then, other than that, I think it comes between Graham and Staggs. And in the Origin arena, I think, uh, I obviously I think yeah, based on Stags' recent performances, he would go with him. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, we also have seen with Valentine Holmes was down for Tony Stags. On two occasions this year, uh, it, it didn't go Stag's way. It did not. It, it did not go Stag's way. So maybe if that means that they have Crichton paired up with Holmes, but we, we have to see the, I I don't know. read
0: somewhere today that they may put Crichton on the left side, so then they can counter Xavier Coates within the air.
1: That that's pretty reasonable, I think. But, you I know, Brian Tore oh, isn't really going to be the aerial threat. Josh I Navokar mean, can be, but that's. I think that Blues' backline, as it is, scares me enough because, you know, Teddy oh, It scared uh, me when I saw him play live. I, I tell me about it. That's a game two last year. That was so no, much. I I he like, to game one. Oh, that's right. 50-6. Oh. <laughs> At like, least he got to see to them score. Out
0: good Tommy was in that, in that origin series, he,
1: oh yeah, he was, yeah, he was definitely a game changer, and I think that it, it brings back the importance of the forward pack this year, and that's why, you know, I hope that we do see guys like Carrigan, Fodder, just guys that constantly aim up, Mm. and like, I mean, constantly aim up and make their tackles, because you need that toughness in the origin arena, you need that field position, because the better that forward pack is, the more that we get to see, you know, Cherry Evans, Ben Hunt, you know, if he comes into the side, Harry Grant, they can push up for the ball, creates more broken. If they, you know, have their gravity attract people to get into the tackles, I mean, it's got like Ponga, Monster, they have more to work with. So
0: yeah, it's
1: hopeful for this Origins series, Queenslander.
0: It can't come soon enough. I love Cre- Cre- I love uh, being the Queenslander. I love Origin. Just it's... get it on. I, I want to I see him go yeah, to up.
1: Win or lose the draw. Let's do it. Yeah, 100%. Definitely win.
0: Moving on. Tigers versus the Bulldogs. Uh, the big thing coming into this match was that the Bulldogs lost their coach uh, earlier in the week.
1: Yeah. Uh, they're no longer Trent's tricky Bulldogs on the NRL premium, but <laughs> pretty devastating. Oh, we've got to come up with a new... Yeah, we've got to have like a mixed menacing month. <laughs> I'll write that down. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was... That was a pretty solid win for the Tigers. Uh, <laughs> Brett Naded. Oh, that was... <laughs>
0: what playing the hell for, there?
1: Playing, playing for a team, then against them a week later. Um, i
0: see the little Mayo story that Buzz came out with where, like...
1: Oh, the, the Naded and end up of the, after the game. Oh. <laughs> that's... If, if that's beef, then I don't even... That's ridiculous.
0: All he did was uh, grab his collar and then joked around with him i don't know what buzz was
1: yeah i've seen at. much worse uh so in that game something else i would say was that jock madden he did his job once again um uh, someone that does a bit in new south wales cup jock madden impresses me a lot with just the fact he doesn't make his decisions too early you know he doesn't get the ball and just shovel it along he likes to sit there Watch the defensive line. Check what line speed's looking like. Decide if he's going to have a run or not. And I think he, he played quite well. He's he's doing a solid job as someone to fill in for Luke Brooks. And obviously, we saw him get that try as well. Yeah, it was really good to see. Um, Jackson Hastings once again. I uh, calculated it by the way. He still has that average of about like ninety, like the high nineties touches per game. And that's uh, in sin bin for ten minutes too. It's, it is ridiculous. The lowest total he had was in the 80s. I think it was like 88 against the like Cowboys. And even that lowest total at halfback is like, that is an insanely high total for other halfbacks.
0: And then you compare that it's, to Anthony Milford who had 38 touches.
1: Which is pretty good for a second receiver. percent oh, Honestly, because usually you see guys get around 50 touches a game if they're, yeah, because your halfbacks are usually getting around 50 to 60 touches. So the fact that Hastings is averaging nearly around a hundred, like that is, it is actual insanity. I don't think I've ever seen a halfback get more involved in my life. Um, and that's including watching some, some pretty great players in my time, you know, How's uh, this
0: for a stat? You know, Jacob Caraz yeah. for Bulldogs, who played yeah. on left wing. He had more yep. touches than Kyle Flanagan. Geez. He had that's, one more. Think... It was 19 Caraz, 18 Flanagan.
1: Wow, 18 is, that is very, that is very, 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 very low. For a halfback. And that's, that's always been an issue with the Bulldogs getting the ball to the halfback this year. You know, we saw that question from, I think it was Michael Neal Wood, um, uh, when he talked to Trent Barrett in the press conference asking, he gave the numbers and he said, is there an issue with getting the ball to the halfbacks? And I think Trent just said it was a silly question or just said no or something. Uh, obviously, that, that didn't go well. Off the Trent Oh, it's not a silly question at all. It's a fantastic question, and it's obviously the real thing. Uh, obviously, that's not Trent Barrett's problem anymore because he's not there. Uh, but yeah, you got to wonder if Nick Potter is having a problem with Flanagan because Flanagan, you know, we know he's not a lazy bloke. Like we've we've seen how hard he is in defence. He, he's nowhere near. it he, he loves getting involved in everything um but it's there's some basic things you just want to have your halfback doing you want them to get as many touches as they can because that means they're straightening at the attack it means that everyone else is you know going to have to play off them it means they're gonna have to start running lines and everything or you're gonna you want them to dig into the line at least some halfbacks can get away with not digging into the line too much like we see that um guys like Townsend and cleary they're they're not always taking it up but they, at the very least, uh, they're getting into position. You know, Townsend has some of the most touches for a halfback as well. He he loves getting the ball. Um, and obviously it's it's again not really doing any of those, but I I don't think it's a skill issue. I don't think it's an effort issue. I think it's just an ambiguous issue that's just happening. You know, the way the Bulldogs play, they, they really want to straighten it out because, you know, especially when you've got a guy like Burton, his strength is in running game. You, you need your heart packs to be creating space for him.
0: Especially when you have, um, Tevito Pengai Jr. Who is literally on your outside.
1: Yeah, he's, he's an absolute bulldozer. Uh, that, and
0: flick, to... that offload or flick pass he gave to, um, Burton, that was,
1: oh, so good. He's, he's a bit rocks and diamonds with his offload, but you can never, you can never doubt him for having a crack. No. He's, he's always gonna, that offload's gonna always be an idea. And I think that's something that, um disappoints me more is that the Bulldogs they're not really a team that has guys pushing up getting ready for the offload you know you put TPJ in a team like the Storm or the Eels and there's going to be like three guys ready for the offload every time you know whether it's Moses or Hughes or Gutho or Paps or just anyone that there's any Spinefire anyone but they don't really have that at the Bulldogs um so I guess that's that's another issue you know it's just basic fundamental things that the dogs in my thing like wait in yeah. my opinion, it is a lack of effort. I think. Um, yeah, I think on the part of some players. For definitely people.
0: Example, uh, Dufty.
1: I knew you were going to say Dufty. It's, it's just uh, yeah. It's so.
0: There's it's so obvious.
1: Your
0: like, your you, you pullbacks got scored on was ridiculous. He yeah. like stopped and like the ball hadn't even hit the
1: ground yet. Your you pullbacks. Typically, and this is what we hear from coaches, if you can organise the defense and if you can just be there on your support runs, get your one percenters right, they're happy with that. You know, we've heard about it even for non spawn players. We heard Jeremiah and Nano and talking earlier this week about how Billy was giving him a call. Billy Slater just saying, Hey, Origin, just focus on your one percenters and we'll keep an eye on you and that's Boy, if done. you're not doing that if you're not doing that, then that's you, you're not going to win games for laziness. It just doesn't happen. So that's disappointing to see for the dogs because you can see the talent is obviously there. They're stacked for talent. You know, last year, just last year, people talking about Fumita Pangaea playing Origin for the Blues. So We know the kind of player he is. We know the kind of player Matt Burton is. We know the kind of player half their team is, really. You know, I think me. does he have a cap for Australia, I think? Uh,
0: sure. I don't think so. I think also for, I think it's Italy.
1: Oh, yeah, he's he's definitely played for Italy. Um, he's played representative footy, so. Yeah, he's, yep, yeah, he's played six caps in New South Wales and then two for Australia. There you go. So that's, you no, know, he's, no issues there. He's, you, you've got guys who can play. So I guess just a matter of, you know, how putting it relies on their abilities. Yeah, exactly. Because you know you can't. Your line speed's not there. If your kick chases aren't there, if your support runs aren't there, have, that's how will be why the Cowboys have impressed so much. You know the energy that Chad Townsend brings as a captain. You know, like not even getting into you know any of his actual play, just his ability to speak as a captain, get everyone bringing the energy, getting their kick chases, getting their support runs. And it's the 1% is like that, that you know God did in the job. Yeah. That's why, it's why Payton loves you and that is tackling. So, yeah, you know, the Bulldogs, it's really, it's just kind of sad to see because you know that they can be doing well. I have high
0: regards for Fanning. I think he's a really good player. It's just he needs to put mm. that team around him that would do effort, place. And I, I do agree. Um, He doesn't push the line as much. And I think that's what he needs to start doing because he can't expect Burton to do anything, which is what I've said for the past month. You cannot expect Burton. I think they are just trying to put so much pressure on Burton to try and create something. It's they're not realizing they, everyone else needs a step
1: up. Burton's a great player, but what about everyone else around them? Exactly. There's, yeah, there's a limited skill set that each player has. I can't think of any player that truly can do it all, you know, aside from the occasional guys like Moses Amboy or Michael Morgan who were just super utility. But it's... I do think the Bulldogs turn it around whether it's this season or not, I don't know. We can always see a team come out of nowhere but it's just about who those leaders are what kind of culture they're building. I 100% agree and I think... Whereas... Tigers... It's a good... They're the opposite of it, the Tigers. they Even though they're not... Well beat us at the moment. You can see that the culture that Hastings is bringing to the club, it's one of just pure energy, just getting involved, getting amongst it, Something and it's why they're able... ...that side, it's ridiculous. Yeah, these you, you, you can't bag Hastings, because even, he's not that flashy player. You know, he's not your Sean Johnson, your, um, your, your Stacey Jones, your... he's not any of that, but he's, you he, he just it, gets involved. Yeah, he won't, but he'll get involved. He won't have a 10 minute highlight reel, but there'll be a solid 40 minutes with him, with the ball in his hand. So that's, and that's all you can really ask for for a seven, especially when you've got guys like, uh, Jock Madden or Luke Brooks, who are talented footballers, very skilled footballers, but you know, they're not, they're not that natural barking orders and everything.
0: Yeah. I, I think people were saying it for years. Oopsie ain't our number one choice. I I don't think he should be. And they brought it up last year again, and I agreed. Um, and I'm very glad they brought Hastings in. Um, they have Adam Dewey coming back in round 15. Yeah, it'll so be interesting very to see that. Interesting to see what happens in the side.
1: Honestly, I don't put Dewey in the centres. I reckon go straight for that um, that Hastings and Dewey halves combination because. Dewey was, he was definitely the heart of that side last year. And if you have two halves who are both putting in that 110%, imagine the culture that Dewey and Hastings would be building. There's no days off there. I think, I I can't wait to see that if it happens. I think Hastings
0: has also improved everyone's ball playing skills. Um, Joe often and Gary.
1: Oh, he's been, he's been fantastic. He's, Joe's probably. uh, one of his better years at the Tigers I think yeah um there was a very good um
0: thing he did where he looked like he was gonna just run the ball up to the defensive line on the Bulldogs line but instead of doing that he turned around last second gave it to his hooker and then they just spread it out left
1: yeah well that's that's one of the best things about guys who can ball play because we always talk about you know Ball playing walks in the NRL, but there's a difference between a ball playing walk who catches it and shovels it and then versus your guys like Isaiah Yo or even Offa of he's is turning into or even Tama Lolo when he decides that he's going to offload? No, they, they're a real threat of running. So the defensive line, they have to compress to try and stop them because if you don't, you know, they're going to crash over the line. And so that's why, you know, you need your ball playing walk. The better runners they are, in turn, the better ball players they are because. You know, they're contracting all the numbers for the more effective they are, I guess. And we saw that with that shift, because it came off the defensive line. They had to try and deal with off the of hangout because he's a big body. And so they were able to shift it. So it was fantastic. Just good footy, good utilization of the forwards.
0: Very smart. Love it.
1: Um, we move on to our next game. Yes, we should. Mainly versus eels. A lot to take out oh, of wow. this game. Oh, wow. That is... I'm very unhappy, manly fans. Before we get any yeah. into it, does we manly
0: haven't... make the eight now that Tommy's out for the rest of the year?
1: Um, looking at the eight, I wouldn't put it past them. I I wouldn't put it past them because who do we think will make the eight? Panthers will be there. Storm will be there. Cowboys will be there. Sharks will be there. Eels will be there. Broncos will be there. Um, I think so. That I would guess it miss out. Yeah, so if rabbits miss out, that gives us roosters, raiders, seagulls, maybe dragons. I don't think the Warriors do it. I don't think anyone below the Warriors does it.
0: This is our
1: from eight now Panthers, Storm, Cowboys, Sharks, Broncos, Eels, Roosters, Rabbits. Rabbitoes. That's. And it's a pretty tightly packed eight, you know? Yeah. Like we're starting to see that spread out. And even the Cowboys just on eight wins. Um over the next nine games they're still going to need to win a, a decent chunk of them just to be statistically in the finals so it's it's not a um it's it's not a very easy one to pick
0: and but then will be we haven't seen a, this side now this new side without tommy yet because we gotta remember the amount of the outside back injuries they've had over the past couple yeah. of weeks has really hurt them
1: as well. Yeah. Well, I've seen talk about whether Kula goes into fullback. Um, I don't know if that's his preferred position, but obviously having his speed at the back would be quite useful, I guess, in terms of kick returns, at least getting him to open space. Very uh, true. But but they've moved Gag back there for the time being so They have, I think they'll probably continue to do that, to be honest.
0: Yeah, he's played there before with that when Tommy was injured
1: and when Tommy was playing Origin, so why change it up? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Kieran Foran and Daly Chair Evans, they've still got it there. Those are, those are some good halves, and that's a good pickup for the Titans. That's the one thing I'm worried about for uh, Origin, though,
0: is DC likes to throw a cutout pass every now and then. He does. And we World all know really what does. Brighton does with cut
1: cut out The <laughs> DC is going to have to do his homework oh, I yeah. hope he doesn't I hope he doesn't throw too much or you know maybe throw a bit of dummies you know hold it to the line get yeah. it out because you know it's we'll have some decent backline players that we'll be able to utilize you know Gagai and Holmes are probably some of the best centers in the NRL at the moment I think but to be able to have both of them in the Queensland team is going to be absolutely fantastic yeah it's going to be
0: so good um, I'll tell you, he's been going really good for me and he's coming off the bench for eels. It's been Ryan Wilson. He has been
1: immense. He just brings some matters. It has bro. been absolutely immense. The amount of energy he brings, he runs hard. He makes his tackles. He just, he does all the things that you want a forward to do. His uploads too. Yeah, well it's. And any an offload in the eels is, might as well be worth twice as much as an offload as any other thing because of how effective their support running is. Because you have Dylan Brown, Clint Gutherson, Reed oh. Marnie, Mitch Moses, all of them—they love support running. They're always there, and that's why guys like Paulo uh, uh, Barlow can always get their offloads off. I need to look at how to pronounce that properly because I know the um, pronunciation recently. shows. Uh, i out as being different as everyone thought it was.
0: Well, his offload, with Madison's offload, it set up a try. It was just able, once again, shift the defensive line to try and focus on wrapping up that offload and then it just kept passing it at the back. and Yeah. It, it was successful.
1: Especially when you have the, um, the ball players that you do over at, um, eels because you know Clint Gutherson. i think he, he doesn't always hit it with his cutout but he he does have it in his game he can use it yeah um and that's the uh, mitch moses but we all know that mitch moses is one of the better playmakers in the league and i actually think that this game was a pretty solid case for mitch moses because you always have that um talk about him not stepping up in big moments but he, he more than stepped up uh against manly you know he iced that sideline conversion to get it and he struck it really well so i think he's for a guy that also played Origin last year with a cracked vertebrae, I think I have a lot of respect for Mitch Moses as a player and he's he's definitely playing. He played pretty well on the yeah. weekend, Oregon. He's, you can't put up a fight like that in the comeback if you're half-back playing a terrible game. But he's obviously done his job. Uh, most notably, I think... I, I did want to talk about the amount of hit-ups that RCG took.
0: Oh, I, I don't was, know how many he took.
1: It you... was a loss. It, it was 18, 18 is, uh... hit-ups. Yeah. And um, obviously Matto had a pretty big game too. Matto had more. He had 20 hit-ups.
0: See what I'm saying? He been so much off the bench. It's insane.
1: 20 hit-ups of 65 minutes. That is... Wow. And he it was six offloads, by the way. He made 32 tackles and missed none. Three of them 1v1. That is... What a workhorse. That is so good. Is he off contract Re- this year, Wanda? No idea, but he, he's getting paid wherever he goes because he is a, he's a fantastic player. He just does all the things that you want. Because you look at the teams that have those workhorse forwards and they're doing much better than the ones that don't have them.
0: Yeah. It, it shows on the ladder. And look at Cotter.
1: Oh, absolutely. Cotter has been Really, I was about to bring up him as well. He's even for his weekends. The past two weeks have been his "quote unquote" quiet games, but he hasn't been quiet at all. Yeah. Even despite the fact he's been sick all week, he absolutely nailed it against the against the cow uh, against the storm.
0: Yeah, it was really good to see. I, I love Cota. He's in my origin side.
1: I don't care what you say. He's, he's oh, he's he's to mine too. He's he has to. At the same time, I kind of like selfishly don't want him to, just so that way the Cowboys can keep winning. <laughs>
0: That's very true. I'd like to see that. But going back to the Manly game, I think this was a test of both teams' defense. It was a game of defense
1: coming into it. Absolutely. Especially for both those teams who previously, their edge defenses have um, pretty much struggled. You know, Especially with the Eels, they keep having to reshuffle their back line due to a lot of injuries. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, I think Mike Acevo should be returning soon as well. So that's going to be... He,
0: so he played Nice Cup last week. And then he's been named in
1: reserves once again. Oh, it's a shame I'm not getting him back. But either way, it was it was like Peram. I think perham has been okay. I think his experience has caught out a lot. You know, hey, when I'm um, fullback, then I never know. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't seen him play fullback, but what I do know is that um he does get targeted a fair bit, and we even saw that when the Cowboys played the Eels. In the post-match conference where Chad Townsend basically just joked um, and laughed under his breath and said, yeah, it absolutely was the plan um, when asked about targeting Perham when Felt was on him. So it's a bit rough for the young Perham, but I guess it just shows So it's more experienced halfback like DCE. They, they know what to look for when it comes to um, less experienced back lines.
0: Yeah, you you got to be careful now these days because so many halfbacks have that read uh, on them. Absolutely,
1: Hines. It's, it's, well, Hines says said we'll talk about that in the game, but he's been fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um. Let's move on. Yeah. To Roys versus Dragons. A week, I take Low max out of my Super Coach side. <laughs> he scores seventy-five points and two got and uh, oh, two tries. He,
1: he loves to step up. Uh, he loves to step up. I think he's. Low Max is he? He's a of a chaffy one he, he does like to get under the skin of his opponents yeah people love him oh, in me. a way that oh <laughs> he's, he's probably loved by um dragons fans i don't think he's loved by other fans but i don't, yeah, I no, don't because think... i was
0: a big fan of him
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh i remember that um so yeah LoMax was he was a man so i'll pull up his stats now he's Obviously, we all know that he's quite a talented footballer, but I think this year he's more coming into his own in terms of letting his own individual brilliance shine because, aside from those two tries, you know, he had 14 runs of the ball, four tackle busts, one line break, two offloads. He made 10 tackles, didn't miss any. Uh, two 1v1 tackles. It's it's just a very solid performance. He, he went in there. He did his job.
0: And we've got to remember, uh, Bad Fittler called him... Two years ago, I think, to be in, in the origin camp. He did a play, but he was still in there. He still gained that experience. So...
1: Could, could we see Zach Lomax in origin? That's a funny one. Ooh. That could be, that could be the smokey. You know what, I mean, it,
0: they're so stacked in the outside backs, it's not funny.
1: I don't like it. They're so stacked. It's, yeah, no. I mean, look, Lomax, I I think Holmes would aim up on him. Mm-hmm. I think Gagai would aim up in, on him. I think either of the centers would aim up on him. Uh, knowing the kind of uh, player he is, Holmes, he's yeah, he's Holmes. Holmes is Holmes. Um, another dragon who did
0: fantastic was Cody Ramsey. He made his return the first game. He anything. did. Uh,
1: he did. He is. He is a unit compared to last year. Gee, I
0: was so surprised because you look at it. He had like a baby face last year, and then yeah, he was, he was like
1: the rough mullet. Rough he was beard. He's just become a beast. Yep. <laughs> yeah, one try, one tricep, sixteen runs for two hundred and six meters. Jesus. Well, he yeah. said in the
0: post post match interview, "Oh, I was training at fullback for for majority of last um, last
1: preseason, and yeah, I just knew what yeah. to do." Yeah. Well, and obviously we we saw that he played well, well just in setting things up, you know, with the triceps and the try, but. To get those, you know, three tackle plus two line breaks. Well, line break assist,
0: I was one of the people who said, eh, maybe you shouldn't play fullback. I think Sloan should play fullback in the preseason. Yeah. Um, this just... Maybe it was just a runoff. We don't know. But if he can just yeah, well, continue going averages like this, I will lick my wounds and say I was wrong. Because yeah, no. I... I thought he was much... A much smaller body
1: back. Probably. He he absolutely was last year. He absolutely was last year. So the amount that he's bulked up to be at this stage. um, Thankfully, well, he's been named again at fullback this week. So we'll get to see him again. Um, I think Amon played quite well. I think after a series of kind of air performances, he he did pretty solid. Uh, He's
0: really fitting into this side of thing.
1: Yeah, he's he's starting to get there. Don't well. Yeah, well, um, we've still got MBI Poker, and that's, I think, if anyone watched uh, Benji Marshall's show, uh, Benji Marshall gave him the question. He said, What's your preferred position? And Moses MBI could not answer it. He, <laughs> well, there you go. Which <laughs> is, it's it the
0: interest... is. Oh,
1: yeah, exactly. it's just what I love about MBI. You know, he doesn't, you can tell him he doesn't really care about, you know, being the star, about, you know, doing the flashy stuff. He's an absolute workhorse. He fits in wherever the coach says that he's needed. Sets so an example for his boys. And, you know, even guys like Jake Friend, Benji Marshall, they've always talked about his leadership. That, that guy's look up to him. And I think that he's. We're seeing that a lot this season because he's never someone that people like talking about, but he's always someone that's putting in the efforts.
0: Yep. Uh, and the fact that Angie McCulloch was named at 14 just goes to show that.
1: Oh, yeah. He's. He's been doing his job, I think. I'll try and look at Moses and by stats from last week, particularly just to look at his um, playing and how long he played for. He he played fifty fifty minutes at Fuka. And during that fifty minutes, twenty-seven tackles, four missed. Not oh, fantastic, but he, he still made two one on one tackles and he kicks the ball fifty-seven meters off the one kick. So he's He's a versatile guy, and obviously because he's played fullback before, he's played halfback before. He's he's got ball playing skills, he's got running skills, he's got kicking skills. He's just handy to have, and I think he's been a good signing for the Dragons, especially culture wise, because you know, see him and Ben Hunt are starting to set that example. You you put in, you put in your fair share, you get your work done, and uh, I think the Dragons have improved this year.
0: I think they have, um, especially because they haven't had a barbecue yet. <laughs> um, give it two more weeks, and then we'll see.
1: Yeah, well, they've got a home, got a home record of four wins and two losses. So, That's home fans cool. have definitely had a bit to cheer about. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, it's been pretty good from just some other teams with impressive home records. Uh, Manly is four and one, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, really? Penrith five the one. Shatton, they? one. The cows.
0: Yeah. And that was against.
1: Uh, they've lost two games. Two games at home. One was the Bulldogs, the other was the oh, Roosters, That's right. uh, and this, and the one that we lost against the Warriors was at, Red um, Blue. Redcliffe. Yeah. Uh,
0: we should really look yeah, at the, no, the Redcliffe Warriors, honestly.
1: You could, the, the Dolphins don't want the name.
0: They can be the, the North Brisbane, Dolphins. North Brisbane Dolphins.
1: Oh, but they, they don't have a name yet. That's the thing. They don't have a geographical location to them yet, but I don't know. I guess they'll have one eventually. Who knows? I heard they were playing at Suncorp and Wharton-Daly Stadium. So that's does that that is true. Work with They're them? playing most. They're playing most of their games at Suncorp. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, it's just so they can fill up the stadium every week. Ah,
0: but Brisbane love their money.
1: Brisbane love their footy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, one thing, going to the Warriors now. Warriors, I'll, I'll say two things. Mm-hmm. They are, they have a shit edge defense. Oh, boy. Secondly, they lost Lodge from a m- immediate release early in the week. And then during the game, they lost AFB to a Jeez. limb, uh, an ankle injury. And the thing he did is described as the ACL of the foot. And that will be three plus
1: months recovery. Jeez. That's yeah. obviously that's a massive out because you know there being before sorry, he was back he was our captain, but uh, he was a workhorse forward. I think he's he always puts in, and when missing out Lodge, who I guess despite whatever criticism you can have for Lodge for team culture, he he does his job as a forward. He, you know, he makes his runs. He runs hard. He tackles. Um So I think in terms of personnel. It's going to be pretty rough for the Warriors because you know your forwards. Are what, what's Sean Johnson meant to do? if he's got no forwards. You know he's not. He can't... He's got a great, he's got a great long kicking game. But does he have? Does he have a kicking game that's worth like three, two to three hundred kilograms running at full speed at the defensive line? What the... Yeah, and he can't just hold. You know, you pointed this
0: out to me yesterday. Jay yeah. likes to hold the ball at the defensive line and get like a late yeah. short ball or like a late out the back
1: he likes to make people think, yeah, and it's very smart i didn't i
0: I picked on a, like picked up on a couple of things he does, but I never really looked at that I'm like oh, and
1: but yeah he's it buys him extra time and he I think I can't remember if it was. Uh, against the Dragons or if it was four, there was one time where he, he scored a try and he absolutely just dumped. Uh, I think it was like a one-on-three or something stupid and he somehow managed to get a try from it. Um, I'm pretty sure it was against the... It would have been against the Rabbids, I think. No, no, I he, didn't no score, he didn't score against the Rabbits. Wouldn't have been a rock Um Yeah, it was. it was against the Dragons. It was... Just it was a fantastic try, and it just is the testament to what Sean Johnson can do well. Yeah, um,
0: SJ, uh, yeah. he's no longer that 10 minute highlight reel guy, but net,
1: he's more that like, oh, I, I like, don't think he's organizing as much as you'd want. Yeah, that's... I think I do think he is still a very skilled player who relies on his skill. Um, I think what it means is, you know, I I don't think I'm entirely opposed to the idea of Arcee at seven and Johnson at six. Oh. Um, at the same time, Johnson's obviously the more experienced guy.
0: I got bad news for you. Oh, no. CHT is playing six and Arcee got dropped to reserves.
1: What? Well, I, th- I, th- I thought C.H.T. just quit, man.
0: Yeah, he's quitting what? at the end of the year.
1: Oh. Is, is he back from running his ball already? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, that's... <laughs> Devastating. That is um, bad. I, I love
0: RC. I thought he was going really good.
1: That's no, he was, he was playing fantastic. And there you're wrong. I love CHD. He, he always puts in 110% too, but it's just something fun about watching days on RC, I'd uh, be in the Cowboys product. Yeah. You know, he on. played Hastings, Dierings Colts for the bike courts, you know, To be honest,
0: I expect a big reshuffle of this Warriors side come Saturday. Yeah. Because they have ma- named Ben, Murdoch, Masilla and Jazz Tavaga. yeah at props. Um, mm. and they just signed Dinamis Louie from, who was playing for Campbell, yeah. after, but he's been the captain of the Redcliffe dolphins
1: in Q cup. Yeah.
0: So I, I think what I'm. Him to be in there somewhere.
1: Yeah. Not just that, but I also find it interesting that Jesse Arthurs is still landing in the reserves. Yeah. 18. It's weird. Um, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting now that they've got Ronald Volkman, I wonder if you know, I think he's probably just still gonna keep playing um Reggie's level. But you know, Vulcan's been a good coup. I think Freddie Lusik named it hooker. Yeah. The Warriors is quite interesting. Starting Hooker, albeit. Um he's he's alright, you know, he makes his tackles. He, he has a bit of runs, he gets the ball a lot. Not too much criticism you can offer of Lusic, so I think he will be a good thing. We'll see how his fitness goes, uh, how he holds up, up the middle. Well, they have yeah. named a hooker on the bench at 14. At uh, Otokuro?
0: Yes. So maybe they do like a playing switch.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think that means that, um, Tabunga is just going to focus on being a middle forward then.
0: Yeah. Which is really good.
1: Um, uh, about the Warriors edge defense. Something else I wanted to know also was lots of Warriors fans love to blame their wingers, which I guess. <laughs> I guess that's just a meme across lots of like rugby league fans, like just to say everything is the winger's fault. But
0: you have to follow it. A your lot is...
1: Exactly. Exactly. Your defensive decision making often lies on your center and they're making decisions based on what the attacking player is doing and whether, you know, your halfback and your second rower still around the vicinity of it. So yeah. I, I wouldn't always blame the winger the same way the Warriors do. Suddenly buying a new winger isn't going to change the fact that the centers sometimes rush out. You
0: could buy it's Toho tomorrow and he would have to follow his center.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, you could... Wh- whoever you buy, they've, they've got to watch what's happening. That's why defensive centers um, really good ones. They come rare and they're not always wise to do the flashy things. They just make their reads. Like, you know, we look at Pedahiku, who he has... Been outstanding in that defensive wide edge and some to uh, the team Cows team of the week. Devastating.
0: Devastating. We'll get to him later because I've been loving him. Him and Robbo. We not even get any m points.
1: Devastating. Dumb. But,
0: Actually, we'll just move yeah. on, Neil. I, I yeah. Cowards and Storm. And Hiku have gone under the rack. wow. Robbo, I've been loving like these past. Fortnite, I haven't... Oh, he's been so good. But, like, that's been I, him for a while now, has it not?
1: Yeah. Um I loved him last year. He, he was fantastic. He was pretty always putting in great effort. I I long maintained that he should have been Cowboy of the Year. I thought he was our best player. Um, in terms of his consistency, you know, he never phones it in. He always just puts in his effort. He's... You know, we heard Peyton say that he reckons he's the best defensive night in the club. And I agree, he hits, and he hits well. He makes his tackles, and he, he's always leading our line speed. You know, we had that from Toddy as well. Uh, and that's obviously one of the main, the one percenters for the Cowboys to pop them in through heaps. So, obviously, Robbo, his value to the team, it, it's not the highlight reels, it's the fact that he does everything that you'd want from a hooker. And guys like that, you know, they're not, they're not as cheap as chips. They're not everywhere. You don't okay. find one on every corner. They're pretty rare. So the fact that we got Robson is fantastic. And Hiku, the absolute same. Um, Centres, you don't find centers that make fantastic defensive breeds every time. We would but have built been... and for unders, would we not? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. We actually signed Robbo when he was quite uh, young. We got him from the Dragons NYC yeah. team. That's what I'm for. Um, but he's, he's been quite impressive. Hiku, I don't know, but... I believe Hikumu just to play under Payton, I think, because um he he's always spoken about Payton a lot. He's played under him before at the Warriors. He think playing some fantastic footy.
0: Yeah, those fans are like spewing at the moment that t- Toddy left.
1: Oh, yeah, no, they're not happy that Toddy left or that Payton left. I've seen a lot of them say that they, uh, they're disappointed that the club let Townsend go, but I don't think they realised that Townsend was, he was already signed for the Cowboys when he went to the Warriors.
0: What? <laughs>
1: they, 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 yeah, no, well, he was on. It was around May, I think, last year. Yeah, because they gonna earlier like Reynolds, but then like... that was basically that was when the uh, that was the Cowboys announced Dearden and, and Townsend in like a week within each other, I think, towards the middle of last year, and they resigned Drinkwater after that. So Drinkwater knew that Dearden and Townsend would both be there, but he still bet on himself to play good footy and sign for the Cowboys, which is you know massive um. Sign of loyalty and joined the Luston Townsville for Drinkwater. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, it's it paid off because we see him at fullback. And he's he's one of the better fullbacks of the comp, I And at the moment, obviously attacking. But he's improved his defense tenfold. Yeah. Now, did you know he's actually tackling at around 91% efficiency? Really? I did not know. God Drinkwater, of all people, the guy who used to tackle at like 70% and defense was like biggest liability. And you know. Uh, um, the, the, the biggest reason Dearden got picked up him, and now he's he's nailing it, he's absolutely killing
0: it. And you know that I was on the Tommy Dearden train because it's, Tommy oh, it's
1: oh, I was too, just because love Tommy Dearden and his effort plays. But Drinkwater has been absolutely fantastic, and it's another thing I want to talk about. The Cowboys attack has freak shuffled a bit in the past few weeks in a way that not many have noticed. So when Drinkwater came into the side. It looked a bit clunky. He was able to do lots of special things, but it wasn't really in this structured way. It was more just drink water goes where he wants. He gets the ball from Chad, and Dearden was kind of relegated. Uh, He was just his job was to run, and uh, he didn't really do any kicking, which is weird because it was just coming off the win against the Broncos where he kept setting up mana aperturais. Yeah. Um, But we're starting to see Dearden play a more important role in the Cowboys attack. He's going back to communicating a lot more, setting up plays whenever we want to send it to the left edge. And we see, obviously that's working because Tolongi is having a great time. Um, he's, <laughs> Tolongi gets tries to for breakfast just cause he wants to, uh, he's best finisher in the league, I reckon. And then drink water is, he's so. still roaming around. Oh. The really goosey's just the way that he like picks and scoops it with one hand and puts it to the line instead of waiting, like he just gets it there. Um and the grip he has on the ball. Uh the fact that just the fact drink Drinkwater, and Townsend are starting to more work in uh they're working in synergy. And it's, it's working well because we saw it against the storm where we were building lots of pressure at some stages and it was just constant shifting the ball, watching for the numbers. It was nothing flashy. It was just some Penrith type play where they're just doing the simple quick math in the head. Okay. Where are they missing defenders and targeting that through shifting? And it worked amazing. It was fantastic. You can't put hammer back net to fullback now. It's too late. Oh yeah. It's I. I was all aboard the hammer fullback train because he was great at organizing the defense and I was happy to have that because drink water was, that was one of his perceived weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, but now that Drinkwater has, you know, he's been quite stellar as a defensive fullback, there's there's not really much of an argument for Hamill um, to be there. I hope that he does quite well in the wing, though. fits in the
0: back line, though.
1: Yeah, well, we see, obviously, he's named at the wing this week uh, to replace Kyle Felt. I think I think that'll be a good decision. I hope he does well in the wing because um, you know, we, we <laughs> it's weird if he fits anywhere. Yeah. We have to wait until someone retires, but even, you know, our backline's still pretty young. Mm, Muz, wow. he's young. Um, Hiku's only, like, 28. Yeah. Which I thought he was cool. older, but yeah. he's, now he's hard of veterans. He's Holmes, 27, 26, 20, yeah, 27. Only turned 27 last year. So that's, he's still pretty young, too. And he's, 20, a, he's like young, 24, 25. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's just turned 25, um... These it's a young team, it's a competitive team. Hammer, I think he'll get his shot eventually. I just hope they'll be able to retain him so we can get that back on sport because obviously he's a fantastic center, a fantastic winner. He's fantastic wherever he fits in. And he, he just, he loves his footy. He just goes out there, enjoys it. He loves playing with Chad as well. We can hear it because Chad will say to him, all right, Hammer, you're getting early ball um, and they'll just sort that up.
0: Yeah. I so think that's what you are to do on the ring now. Do what they're doing with Cobo at Conco give him early ball.
1: Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what kind of meat hammer can make out of his own end in terms of hit-ups because, you know, he's not the biggest body, but no. he's very speedy. If there's a gap in the defensive line, he'll find it and he usually gets away. Yeah. It's... So the Storm looks like they were building some pressure early on, but the Cowboys... That defense... scared the oh. hell out of me. Oh, oh scared the hell out of me too. Be- My heart was beating. storms they're, they're a team that usually execute. They're, a, they're an executing team, and the fact that we were able to put it towards them... Um it Was just it was great. I was happy to see that we were we were getting it done. It was the effort. It was everyone bunching together, patting each other on the back, and we got things done. Relieved that pressure, and we we struck back too. You know, we weren't we weren't looking very beaten. You know, it was a try from Tommy Gilbert. Oh, where?
0: <laughs> That's a
1: funny try. Um. So
0: this was my thinking going through the first ten minutes. So like, all right. Yeah. Our boys need to start strong and fast. They can't just wait. Um, And then they had all those good, the, the Storm were just building pressure and like their kick chase was amazing. But then that always is. And that relieved some pressure. And then who was it that got that forced to drop out, the drop kick?
1: Uh, as in? The one that made Gilbert's. Tr- score. I think I think it would have been Chad. Yeah, like, just like that's just a guess. I can't remember who it was, but knowing knowing Chad, the forcing dropouts is one of the strongest points in his game, and it always has been. Yeah,
0: the moment Gilbert got the his hands on before
1: I'm like, oh, here we go, and it just goes. <laughs> on like, what were they doing?
0: What were they
1: doing? There's units, and then there's Tom Gilbert. He is he is more than a unit. He is. Dolphins are very lucky to have him. Yeah, they are. I'm going to miss him. That's, uh, I think Munster played pretty good. Lots of people saw that game and kind of went, oh, uh, Munster, he's, he's not good without his stars or whatever, but I don't, I don't think it was that terrible. If there was anyone that was truly underperforming on that Storm side, I'd say it was probably Brandon Smith. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Just injures two Cowboys players. Oh,
1: so I, I. Look, I mean, legs, tackles, or whatever, I think he went a bit low. but It was
0: legal, I'll say that.
1: It, Yeah, it, it happens in footy. I think it was more the fact that he just wasn't doing what you want from Brandon Smith. You want him to hit hard, you want him to make your meters, but he just he wasn't doing that. He played for 58 minutes, and he took three hit-ups. Someone said... That's, I think it was, that's three hit-ups, you know, we're talking... Yeah, but... Like, that's, that's not fantastic. He still had four tackle busts, and that was all right, but... 24 tackles, that's the right two, but he, he missed five of them, and that's, I can't
0: think you play him at profit anymore, do you? I think you put him at lock, because then you can have someone like Bromwich or, or Nas to get a quick play the ball, he scoops it up, or he gets a short, or gets past it, and he can just run the defensive line that's broken, and then he gets tackled, and then it's the same thing again, and then storm build pressure off that.
1: I'll be honest, I think the storm just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Not, not in the sense that you think, but I think it's because um knowing that Smith is going to be in a different place and if they're not really too interested in developing in him at Hooker, I think they're just focusing on Grant there. Which is weird because it's very different to the role that Smith played last year where he came off the bench and played lots of Hooker. Um we don't really see that this year. So I I think it's interesting. I think he hasn't really done all that much but whether he turns that around at the Roosters who knows but I think he was he was someone I expected to fire up on the weekend and he just yeah. he didn't really deliver yeah, it didn't happen whereas you know Munster still Munster is Monster. you know you can't you can't crack his effort or anything you know obviously you, you want more from him he only took four runs um what four runs Cameron Monster? that's not many but at the same time you know the, the Cowboys they smother guys yeah, he still made 24 tackles and didn't miss any. Still kicked for 316 meters. Yeah. Grant um, can granted, do much worse. Granted, Grant the hard back wasn't the best idea from Ballyegg? Not at all. Um, well, I guess, actually, I, we just had that whole conversation about Smith at prop, but that he wasn't even playing prop that game. Um, he was playing hooker, which I guess, I guess that makes the hit-ups... Makes sense, but it's a bit, a bit more concerning that the guy was playing hooker and only made twenty four tackles. Well, that's because you know that's it was it was Tui who was making all the tackles, Tui Um Grant at halfback. I don't I don't know. I guess maybe the last time they did it with Cameron Smith and they thought it was going to work again, but yeah Grant's his strengths and the strengths of a halfback are a bit. A bit different, I think. I point? think Ballick knows he got it wrong, but it's Oh yeah, yeah. he admitted
0: it. He admitted it in the post match yeah. conference. Yes. Yeah. Uh but the thing with Smith, like uh this is Kevin Smith going the half back in twenty twenty was that he played five eighth for all his juniors up until he went to the storm. His first two games he played for the storm was as a halfback.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's news to me. I didn't know it. I guess I kind of suspected it, but that's hard you at least you've done it before. I yeah. don't know about Grant's um history as a half, but he's you know, I don't know it was a peculiar decision. I think everyone he obviously Belichick knows it wasn't the wasn't the go, but it's worth a shot. I guess it's something the storm will learn from.
0: What surprised me is that like then you know how team this gets cut down to the team the day before the game.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Cooper Johns is in reserves and they cut him. I'm like, oh, okay. So maybe Hughes is all fine and then get to game day. Hughes is out, Greg's in, and then it's all these reshuffles, And I'm like, oh, so why did we cut Cooper Johns?
1: I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Belliades plan for the full week. Yeah, that's true. Would not be surprised at all. If that was the case, um. But either way, I think they saw how Cooper Johns played and thought they were going to try something different because they knew that they had uh, Grant. I guess he can run, he can pass, yeah. he, can, he can he can kick, he can play footy. I think they were just giving it a shot, but didn't quite work out.
0: No. Um, shall we move on to Raiders versus Rabbitohs? Oh, wait, no. should we should, we should. Roosters versus Penrith. Uh, yep. Um, we'll just make this one quick because... I think what we're about to say, it's already been said. That being that Penrith's defense is amazing. And the fact that they were able to force Martin and Sovali out within the, within a couple of minutes is amazing.
1: Um, they're just, Penrith are a team. they you know, there's, you can talk about individual brilliance, but it all just sews together for Penrith. They all play for each other. They bring the energy and that's, you can't really ask for much more with a footy team. No. I uh, just, just, obviously, have a look. Uh,
0: well, Roosters even had a good defense for a majority of the match. It's just like the last 20 minutes, I would say, is that where they fell off because they were so tired.
1: Yeah, no. Well, you, you can get you can get pretty worn out by that um, Penrith pack. You know, there's plenty of go forward to it. And you combine that go forward with the fact you've got the kicking game of Nathan Cleary to get meters out of their own ends. You're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't with Penrith because no matter what happens, you, you're not going to get what you want with field position. Yeah. They're a hard team to beat and that's why, you know, we saw it against Melbourne. Um, they, they just smother, they just do all their one percenters.
0: Their defensive line speed is spectacular and I'm always amazed by how fast they are. But one oh, absolutely, I was yeah. amazed at was, um, the first try they scored. It was Isaiah Yo, Scott Sorensen, and Luai, they all kind of teamed up. So Yo, being the ball player slash ball runner he is, he, of course, ran to a particular player. I can't remember who it was, but like, it opened the gap, and then he got a short ball to Sorensen. Anyway, Sorensen goes through the line, gets uh, ankle tapped, he does a little front flip, and then passes it off to Luai, and Luai has no one in front of him, and he just scores a try
1: yeah well, it was just it was a fantastic um line run from sorensen uh and so when you have a guy like yo who you can see that he's just re-watching it now he's engaging the line he's he's a legitimate threat of running so he draws people in and sorensen there obviously you see Luai and support sometimes just making those basic push plays exactly what you want you can get so much you get so much extra meters just off getting those offloads off those uh, drawing and passing, and it's something that Penrith, you know, that they've mastered the art of just the one percenters getting the proper job done.
0: Yeah, it, I can't. They blew everyone away in twenty twenty, and they're still blowing people away now. We all thought that they would like suffer because of again they lost people, they lost majority of their backline from the grand final, but they're still killing it. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's a team sport. You know, individual brilliance is one thing, but when you have the the on-field effort and the drive that they do, you know, you, they're not a team that's gonna go down on their on their knees or anything.
0: No, they never will. Um, that being said, Roosters, I think they missed Victor Radley a lot in both defense and attack. Um, but you know, yeah, I've to. Tries and then defensively, there's a lot of tries scored in the middle.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think um Radley, he's a guy that hits. He hits hard, and he's a guy that he brings a lot of versatility in attack. Because you know, like you, know, he draws in numbers. He could run hard, but you need people to stop him. And by taking the more personnel to stop him, it creates more space for his ball playing. And you know, when you miss him. Obviously, they, they have some solid players to come and fill in, but Victor Radley is, you know, he's he's his own player. I think he's someone that doesn't quite get the credit that he's due when it comes to what he brings to the team.
0: And that poor Barston will miss out on Origin again. I know he's a Blues player, but
1: yeah, this it's, is it's rough. A
0: year in a row, he's missed out on Origin.
1: <laughs> he's, he's, he's always missing out. I guess you know no no major issues for the Blues because you know they can just pull out Cameron Murray. Um.
0: Is he coming back? Because I heard, um, like, last week. Derek
1: that's true. Like, um, he was injured. He won't be back until, like, around 14. That's true. I haven't actually kept up with the injury reports. And then there's a report via a Bit of a no-no.
0: Saying he's good for next week. And I'm like,
1: what? I, lost, I saw one thing saying, Tamalolo Malolo, so that you'll be out for a week. Yeah. So that's, but we didn't know how that's happened. Sure, let me check. Who do you feel the Cowboys name in lock this week. Uh, Hess, Hess at Lock, that's I'm all right with that. That's yeah. that's nothing too bad. Yeah, no, it's
0: it's not like that's all right. Cowboys use their lock as a ball player, it's basically a third prop. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's it's a third prop. We keep three middles, yeah. uh, Hess. That's pretty much his role anyway, so nothing's too surprising there. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that Payton is no longer doing <laughs> Hey, he's no longer doing the weekly routine of naming Cotter on the bench and swapping him to prop or lock before the game. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's... I
1: mean, weirdly enough, I think because Cotter used to be a hooker, they he kind of got this reputation as a ball playing lock, but he's that's not really the case. No, he's he's uh, he's an out and out prop when he's playing prop. Uh he's just a very very fast one. Yeah. Um, moving but on, so Raiders and Rabbitohs wow three on the trot there is three let's the go trot. there is a lot to say about that Raiders attack that I was quite impressed with uh oh. we saw before the game that uh Brawley came out for Strider
0: I was very happy of that about that honestly because I thought if you had Jack and coming into the side for the first time in a fortnight and then you give him a new halves pairing that he's not going to be
1: useful yeah in, yeah but... nah that's don't don't reshuffle your spine if you don't have to. Especially with Schneider, he's been doing his one percenters. He's he's been doing his job basically. He's starting to show a bit more with his ball playing. I think Schneider just his passing, his technique in that is just nice. He gets it crisp right to the chest. Um, he hits this guy. I think he's going to be a pretty special player. Um, maybe not special in the conventional sense of special, like a magic stepping player, but he. He does his job, and he's very valuable. Um, he's going to learn a lot from Fogarty when he's around as well. Just to training, uh, oh. the Raiders' attack is very different to where it was
0: a couple of weeks ago. Uh,
1: yeah, at the start of the year or last year, as he, one of their main issues was they just the line runners they weren't really there. Yeah, uh, the ball players they they didn't really have any decision to make. They just kept shoveling it. They just kept running and looking for someone. You know, running side to side. But nowadays, there's, there's much more structure to it. And that's fantastic, especially when you got guys like... Uh, obviously, City did play on the weekend, I don't think. But Corey Hadaweir and Naira, who's a great line runner. Papalii. Uh, Papalii's try was absolutely fantastic. Oh. That was not just in terms of sheer strength, but also just how clever it was, the way that he moved in the tackle to keep yeah. his arm free. That was just... It was like watching a basketball player do a spin move. It was... Absolutely brilliant! I think it goes to show, you know, Papa. He still has it. He's anyone who, seen people say, "Oh, why Papa's still on the origin side." You know, he's he's old. He's not performing that well. It's, I I can't agree with that. I think he's fantastic. You know, he brings a great energy to the team. He's a veteran and he's just a legend over at um the Raiders, to my understanding.
0: Yeah, he is. I love Papa. Uh, and so, do people say he's old? He's thirty years old. Um, he literally just turned <laughs> thirty the other week. He is yeah, one of the best props in the game. He
1: he is. He still is. Yeah, he he runs hard. He makes his tackles. He he does his job, and he's massive. And you see how he fires up Origin as well.
0: There's no set way how to tackle him.
1: Yeah. not at all. You tackle his knees. He goes over the top. He tackles up upper body. He goes over the top of.
0: It. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, I think that's like. Last year, I think he was just like really tired because he had a grand final of the year in, in 19, made the preliminary, had origin after the season, and then had a boxing fight in February and then he had the season. So he was, I think he was just very tired.
1: Yeah. Well, I think also when there weren't really that many big forwards to share the load with.
0: No. But defensively, the entire side has improved.
1: Oh yeah. They're fantastic. I oh, just, the cohesion yeah. of the team, the they're hitting with line speed as well. It looks like the Rabbitohs, they didn't really have any answers for what was happening. That, so. The
0: defense was shocking. Holy hell.
1: I it was, yeah, I think. And it was the fact that the Raiders were able to execute as well. Yeah. Um, I think the injuries definitely didn't help them either. Oh, yeah, uh, so you got a
0: prop in the first minute, first hit-up.
1: Yeah, and no, ter- especially Totola, who, you know, there's been weeks where he has started putting up those massive numbers every now and then. And, you know, when you're missing a big body like him, who starts your games off, who can really help set the tone for it. Similar it to... It doesn't help you as well, because it's not just him being off, but it's the fact that the other forwards have to share the load. Yeah. Can I just replace him?
0: That will... One that makes him more tired. It changes your interchange rotations. Yeah. Um, he yeah. has to do more then because he doesn't have a fast play of the ball. He isn't able to run.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, um, Cook's a weird one. I think he's great when he has guys around him that and start to break the line because he's always pushing in support. Yeah. He always loves to watch what's happening with guys in the ruck being a bit slow. But I think people know now that when he's there that they can't be lazy around the rock, or at least they just have to stand up there. Um,
0: Markers have never been more important than they have been this year, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. We see that, especially with teams like the Cowboys, um, that's one of my biggest takeaways, just how quick we are at the mark. Yeah. Um, Making sure that guys are getting back, especially our second rowers when we start to jam up early on people. And you see that in other teams like Penrith as well. Storm, when they're playing wrong, you know, they don't get caught napping. They get straight to it.
0: Yeah. It's really good. I, I love seeing it. Um Similar to Roosters, however, they are, the are missing Murray. Defensive, like, I guess yeah. defensively and attacking. I would say Murray is the best ball play lock in regards to that. He can get a quick play of the ball and do some real damage.
1: Um, yeah, he's, he's
0: he makes it flow too.
1: Yeah, he's very valuable. Um, you see, when he's digging into the line, he creates who space. Yeah, um, there's, there's someone like Ilias who Ilias, I think, actually, once again, looks pretty decent. Um, I don't I think he's solid, I don't think he's out of Reynolds, but I think he's solid. He does his things like digging into the line, he's improving. uh, he's skillful, but yeah, he's improving. It's those small things every week, um. You know, and he was digging into the line. But when you have someone like Murray, he does it first. He creates space. That gave Reynolds lots of time last year. Because, you know, Reynolds, he's changed his game a lot. Um, The Rabbits, he was did a lot of second receiver off Murray. And that created more space for Reynolds, who could then target a different defender, who could then go to Cody Walker, who was able to start targeting those two in defenders. Yeah. That's why he yeah, had that ridiculous number of try assists. You know, it, it all comes off the back of Murray and what he brings when engaging the line it's a good video by anthony seabold about it on the nrl uh game plan series yeah they brought it back i'm so happy um seabold's a brilliant footy brain i know he didn't coach particularly well but watching him breakdown down plays is always a joy
0: yeah it's really good um one last thing before we move on to the next game uh cnk is now injured uh apparently six weeks with a hamstring injury
1: uh, not again this guy can't catch any luck. No, he can't. But
0: now Savage, he tore that defense line apart. It was so good to see. It was
1: he. Yeah, it's good to see him, especially um, given how he was playing in earlier rounds. Obviously, the, the talk about Ricky uh, not selecting him, there's a lot there. But it's always good to see a young guy go out there, especially after copying the criticism they did, and just kill it.
0: Yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it
1: it would be fantastic and I think we'll see that um hopefully over the next few weeks if he's named it fullback. He is. I that's that's pretty nice. Um, I who who do the Raiders have in their half stocks? Sometimes I wonder what they would lose if they'd moved White and back to fullback.
0: Crawley, Snyder, Sam Williams, Bogarty. That's it I think. Off the top
1: of my and Williams could be interesting.
0: Yeah, it could be. Fogarty's back this week apparently. He's been named at seven.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Has he? Admin no way. And Croker at, at center.
1: No, wait, that's fantastic. It's especially fantastic seeing that Croker is back. Um, because I remember watching him when he got injured oh, just a few weeks ago, and I thought that was going to be it.
0: I thought he was going to retire too. Yeah,
1: surprised. that was. I thought that that was going to be it. I think no, we need to t-
0: play seven more games and he reaches three hundred and he'll be like one of the top. One of he'll the, deserve he, it. Yeah, he'll he deserves it. He'll be like one yeah, of the so, only ten Raiders to do it. I think.
1: Yeah. So Schneider is named at eighteen. Yep. What, what do you What do you lose by going Fogarty and Schneider and then putting White Whitehead fullback? Schneider's been. I know, like no, running is a fantastic tribute. thing. Huh? I guess so. Developing Savage probably is going to be a big point for them, because uh, CNK. You don't really know what's happening with CNK with the amount of injuries yeah. he's had.
0: That, that that's a um, point. Yeah, you need to develop Savage now. So that yeah, CNK is getting injury prone. Or like he decides that he needs to take a break from footy, you put Savage in bed and he will be okay.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> And I think I think Savage is going to do good in his kick returns, and I hope he kills it. Um, in terms of ball playing as well. Yeah, me too. It'll be very good to see what Fogarty brings to the Raiders because you know we saw it in the preseason trials. Uh, before the injury, I think he's he's not one of those guys that blows you out of the water with skill. He does the basic things that an organised league seven needs to do, yeah. and obviously that's going to let Whiten play off the back of that. And if the structure is anything like it was against the, Rabidos, I think it'll be fantastic. I think I'm just a bit sad though that it means that Schneider's out of the team because Schneider, I love him, yep. love him.
0: Me too. But it's time to move on to Sharks first Titans. There's wow. a debutant in this game, uh, Miller. Wow, he Miller, looks so good. That is. I I'll read his stats at the, right now. One try, twenty ones, two hundred and ninety-four meters, one hundred and sixty-five meter kick returns, nine tackle breaks. How many meters of kick
1: returns? 165, and that means that he had about 100 over 100 meters just in general play. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind that like 100 meters is usually an impressive number for a fullback. The fact that he did three times that, it's like that day. is when when does Will Kennedy get back? Is yeah. that is he back this no, week? Okay, today, so. yeah, he, he was um, back
0: today and Miller. 18th man, well, I
1: think he you should put him at center. Oh, I it's just it would be so good to see him cement some sort of spot. He's transferred uh, so he is, but you know, not everyone plays that kind of game. Uh, his team list has him meant has him listed as a halfback, yeah, which i uh, particularly interesting, but um.
0: He's got some good footwork for a halfback, then.
1: Bloody hell, he's that was that was actually just a phenomenal debut. Like that is, I can't think of many debuts I've seen recently that even come close to that. Because you know, cracking three hundred meters is you know we're talking. That's like, that is some that's something else in its entirety. Yeah, it was. So- that's if a halfback kicks that much for a game. That's easy, and we know how we know how much easier it is to kick a ball a certain distance than it is to run a certain distance. That is just... cannot believe that. The fact, he had nine tackle busts as well. Nine tackle busts off that. insane. I cannot... That is just it's unfathomably good. And yes. so the entire Sharks backline was fantastic that game as well. The guy with the least meters in that backline was CSFR Talakai. Who had 132 meters at the least. Why are people
0: saying? He's bad now, he's still reaching over 100 meters. Yeah, at
1: the exactly. His I'd quiet so. games if his quiet games are 60 post contact meters and 132 one meters, I'll, I'll take as many quiet games as I can get from him. Yeah, because he, he did his job, he did his job, and then some, and that's. Uh, you took the, the other Crinola backs who they took a lot of runs as well. Mulitalo 10 for 143 meters, very impressive. Uh, Connor Tracy took 17 runs, uh, for 151 meters and Sione Katoa, uh, 14 for 147 meters. I think that Sione Katoa has been an unsung hero Yeah, uh, in this sure. Crinola lineup. Yeah. And not even just for his finishing, but just for his ability to take those hit ups. He's just been playing fantastic footy. Um, obviously, you know we talk about his finishing. Just he does his job. He does his job with those setups, uh, and I don't. You can't really ask for much more. The fact he averages one hundred and thirty something running meters uh, per game this year, and especially adding in Miller to that, I think Kennedy is usually typically good at getting his run meters as well. But that was a game where I think the Sharks' back line particularly stepped up.
0: Yeah. That is good to see. Um, Heinz, I picked up on this, Heinz's footy brain is very, very intelligent.
1: Oh, it is. It is magnificent. I do think that he, him and Cleary are probably the two best sevens in the comp at the moment. Uh, Maybe Reynolds as well. I think Reynolds is obviously deserving of mention. Uh, Yeah, Uh, top three. I think, but top three, I definitely think so. I do think he's no better than Moses, for example, because he is what he sees in front of him. He's just a brilliant eyes up footballer, and it's not just his ability to play eyes up football in like a skilled running sense, you know. Because we always people always say eyes up footy in terms of people kicking to themselves, chipping and chasing the fullbacks at home. But oh, it's a piece James he does loves like that same. Oh he, he's just he's reading the defensive line. He's spotting the numbers. He dictates where to go. Yep. Uh Moylan likes to sweep out the back, you know, plays a jockey for a bit. Well, it's, it's fantastic. It's the and even though that was actually not one of Cronulla's best games, they were pretty wonky. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, no, there the was, oh. That was not good at all, um, but they, they got it. They got it together, and I think a winning ugly is one of the most important things for any team that wants to compete in sports. Because you know, there's going to be times where you are missing a lot of players, where your things aren't going your way, when it's bad conditions. And the fact that they stuck in the game, they they played their footy and they got the job done. I think is a big testament to them. It's a big testament to their leadership group as well. Hence yeah. that so the Heinz was able to steer the team around the park.
0: Well, like what I was going to say before, Hind noticed that Isaac was coming in a bit uh, on the defensive line. So what does he do? Yeah. the line, cut out ball, bam! Trying to brilliant. Or, or, no,
1: and he he always hits his guys too. Oh yeah, he's a skilled he's a skilled player. He passes, he hits them like we need to, and it's, it's that sense of the game? You know, it's it's not one of those things where he just magically scores tries you know it's it's a thorough thorough reading of what's happening in the game he kicks out he's just absolutely love what Heinz has been bringing to the show he's one of my favorite players to watch and especially just Heinz as a person um what we've seen with him coming out talking about his mental health struggles uh you know the struggle that he's had you know just being alive sometimes let alone playing footy to see him go from that and to come here and be playing the footy that he's playing today and be outright one of the best playmakers in the league. Uh I think it's a fantastic story and I just I love Nico. He's amazing.
0: Quality bloke, quality talent. Love it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, moving on to Titans. I don't really have much to say about them, except uh congrats to Wallace who got who's a prop and got a double.
1: <laughs> that was <laughs> Jared Wallace is a bit like that. He's he always seems to have some He's got that Anthony Dawn about him, yeah. where he just he does his job, but he's just a bit magical at sometimes. Because uh, you know he got the double, but I think there was last year where like I think someone made the Jared Wallace is the goat meme page. After that time, he like kicked to someone and they scored a try. Love that. Um, another fun fact about Jared Wallace is he actually follows the page and he commentates on it heaps. Uh, I once commented that the Cowboys made a massive mistake signing Thurston when Jared Wallace was on the market for halfback, uh, and Jared Wallace actually went out and wipes that comment. So he's, he's he's a funny bloke. He can he can take the piss out of himself. He always puts in his work, uh, and obviously we saw as well. You know, he scored the double, but he also did his job. He took his eight hit ups for 118 meters. Uh, what else do we have? We had three tackle busts. A line break. <laughs> you don't get the Jared Wallace line break very often. Uh, two offloads, made sixteen tackles, didn't miss any. He just he did his job, and that's yeah, you know, there's a reason that Jared Wallace played origin once. You know? yeah. there's there's a reason for it. You know he's played one hundred and eighty three games. he He does his job, and i'm I'm surprised that we haven't seen much of him at the times this year.
0: Yeah, well, I think just like his age is what I'm the took that off, maybe,
1: I don't know. How old is he? How old is he? Uh, well, he's turning 32 this year, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. Actually, no, I think he's turning 31 this year. Okay. Um, yes, which means he's 30 at the moment. So yeah, he's had six appearances this year. Um, tackles at 95.2%, averages around 87 running meters this year. He's he's a worthless, and like I said, there's a reason he's played Origin. He's, uh, I think of him a bit like the Cohen Hess of the uh, Titans. I oh, think yeah. him and Cohen Hess are similar in terms of their career trajectories. A bit weird at the Hess because he had that positional change from second row to the middle, yep. but you know they've just one club, one not one club, but you know they just put in their work. Yep, um, good club to have. Another thing I want to talk about was uh Toby Sexton. Um, yeah, he's doing pretty good. Like, yeah, well, a lot of people, and this is the same for Ezra, ma'am, a lot of people have gone out and said that they didn't play a particularly good game. But, look, I've I've seen much worse games in my lifetime.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I've seen much worse games. You know, Sexton, he still made three one-on-one tackles, kicked 365 meters. You know, he, he's doing all right. Yeah, he is. I think he's doing all right. And you've got to take into account his age as well the amount of experience he has. He's, he's 21 years old. That was his 15th NRL game.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And, you know, he's done that with a bit of spine reshuffling, uh, Brimson mostly being his six, but, you know, we've also seen Azarka at fullback. We've seen Campbell at fullback. We've seen uh, Will Smith at six with Brimson at fullback. You know, he's, he doesn't really have much around him. Aaron Clark at hooker as well. Yeah. Aaron Clark, he gives it a shot, but, you know, he's, he's not. He's hardly an experienced hooker who gives you fantastic dummy half service. You know, it's not like he's playing next to Reed Marnie or something. So Yeah. I I think I think Sexton deserves a bit of leeway. Uh, he, like he's it. still got yep. he's still got that try assist. He he did his job. I've seen much worse half backs in my lifetime lifetime than Toby Sexton. Yeah. And the same applies to Ezra Man. People have said that he didn't play well. But, you know, Mam, he, he was doing his thing. He' He got there, you know, obviously he set up that try, um, coming off the offload. When the ball went left to Mam. he looked decent, and anyone that has watched Ezra in Q Cup knows the kind of player he is. Oh, yeah. Not many people, I don't think I've ever seen a half get the, uh, try scoring rate that he had in Q Cup, let alone also getting the try assists off it. What uh, was
0: it? it was something.
1: Like 13, 11 games or something absolutely stupid, um. He's, he's a brilliant player, and I'm surprised that we haven't seen much more uh, time for Ezra in the NRL, but I think that's just because of his age, you know, developing more in Q-Cup, and I think you will see him in the NRL more eventually, and I think he'll do quite well. Uh, I'll take a look at the Broncos team now and who they've named this week. Uh, Ezra. Um, Ezra, he's named? Yep. Fantastic. Cool. Absolutely fantastic. Um, oh, he's named in Hartback as well, because he's not really the... um controlling seven type but he can be that i think that confuses me why is named at seven whereas gamble's named at six yeah because usually that's you know but i think i wanted to mention that because i think it's pretty fantastic that we get to see sexton and the man line up this week uh also get to see once again it's nice to see that tomorrow man has kept that fullback spot on walk good on him and uh, keenan palcee on the bench but yeah that's I think that's going to be a particularly good game. Uh, so, is this the part where we do our tipping for the round?
0: Yes, it is. Uh, first game,
1: Manly versus Storm. Oh, um, I'm going to go Storm. I yeah. think they've, they've got they've got a solid spine back. Uh, they've gone back to that strategy of having Brandon Smith on the bench. Uh, no disrespect to Seagulls. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Seagulls nailed it. Yeah, uh, get something I wanted to nail, uh, something most interestingly... George DeFua making his first appearance for the yeah. season and his first appearance for a while. Um, twenty twenty. Look, I I won't be surprised if um, the Sea Eagles get this one.
0: Yeah,
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I, in fact, oh, I, uh, I don't think I, I'd go so far as to tip them. But I think Dylan Walker, I think is he is he making his return? Was, or did he play last week?
0: He played last week.
1: Okay, that's that's my problem. No offense, Dylan Walker, because i have probably just called him invisible. Um, probably exposed myself to the laziest week of footy watching <laughs> that I've done all year, but oh, yeah. you know, I think that's going to be an interesting game. I think going to be lots to gain from it. They've named Garrick at fullback again, the center's pairing of Harper and Cooler uh, to pull it back in the wing. I think it'll be good, but I will go for the storm.
0: Yeah. Um, just go
1: rapid here. Um, Pen with first chaos. Penrith the cows uh penrith it's a home game yeah. it's it's no way game for the cows in Penrith which is never a good sign as well um uh yeah I how do I yeah the logic the logic in me is obviously going with penrith as the any betting man would because I think that Penrith will capitulate anyone in the world however I I'll be just if the cowboys win I'll be a very happy man oh yeah Um,
0: Broncos, Titans, I'm going to go Broncos.
1: Uh, I think, oof, I'm going to have to think hard about this one.
0: Broncos, Titans, really?
1: Surprisingly, yeah. Um, I think that, I think it'll come down to that forward pack. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go Broncos as well. Uh. Obviously, they've got they got Jensen and Haas as your starting props. They're going to get plenty of time to work with and create attacking opportunities. Obviously, you got I was like TMM. Yeah, I'm surprised it took me so long to think about that. But yeah, I'm going with um going with Broncos. New Zealand versus Knights. Knights, okay. I'm going going to go the Knights. Knights. I think. Yeah, I think that Clifford, um, turn up Clifford's going to be massive in being able because one of the big issues that the Knights have had. Is their forward pack and being able to get Mm. in their area now? Considering that Jake Clifford has one of the biggest boots in the game, he you know, he kept them in that game against Penrith when uh we saw Mitchell Barney got Simbin. Yeah, not many players can do that. Jake Jake Clifford's a special talent, great kicker. And because the Warriors will be missing a few forwards, there'll be no Lodge, there'll be no AFB, I, I don't think they're going to hold it up. I I just don't think they do. Um, I think even though with the Knights forward pack being a weakness of theirs, I think that Clifford's going to be able to get them that field position. And, you know, if there's, if there's two guys in the competition that I don't want attacking on my goal line, it's probably Caelan Ponger and Anthony Milford. So... Oh yeah. There's going to be a lot of pressure, especially because we know that the Warriors edge defense hasn't been very good. Yeah. I, I don't think the Warriors get this one.
0: No, unfortunately.
1: Um, I think it's... I'm going with the Knights, which is also interesting because the Warriors are favorites for that one.
0: Oh yeah. Um, just quick rant, just quick here. we've got to wrap things up. Rabbitohs versus tigers. Tigers. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go rabbits. Sharks versus Troops.
1: Uh, I'm going to go sharks.
0: Yep. I'll go sharks Two dogs versus dragons. Dragons. Yep. I'm going to dragons too. There's no way I'm sitting. Dogs.
1: Raiders. Versus yeah, versus dogs. Heels. I'm Heels in Good on you. Yeah. Good on you.
0: I don't feel confident,
1: but, um, thank you for coming back on the podcast, Jacob, we really appreciate it um no it's fantastic well i love when i'm able to be on here you know it's yeah. good to chat i think we took a long time but there's oh yeah a good reason for it. there's there's one thing in this world that we love and what do we love we love footy we love our footy
0: we love our footy and with that we thanks for listening guys
1: thank you very much